The Cinema Freaks. Episode 1. For April 2007. Featuring an interview with Jim Butcher, creator of the Dresden Files. Are you guys ready to rock? Rock! Come back in five minutes. Listening to the Cinema Freaks, brought to you by Outcast Multimedia. Are you an Outcast? Monthly mainstream mockery with Leisha Rollis, podcasting's Rich Sigfrid, and Samantha Kyle. Hello and welcome to Epi One of the Cinema Freaks. I Woo! am podcasting's Rich Sigfrid, and with me, introduce yourselves, please. Samantha Kyle. Leisha Rollis. It's like we're doing roll call. <laughs> Uh, yes, is Steve here? Check. All right. Uh, Freely, Mr. IP. Hey, who put that on the list? No, it wasn't me. We, of course, are the Cinema Freaks, and we are going to be bringing you this show monthly. This, of course, is your main, your, what the, what the frick is the tagline that you came up with? Monthly, the monthly mainstream mockery. Jesus Christ, I've been podcasting for almost four years. You think I'd have this down yet? <laughs> <laughs> I Lose. guess not. First show jitters. Yeah, first show jitters. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, this show is actually produced by the first timer, uh, Lee Chirolis. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and introduce <laughs> ourselves since you've come up with this wonderful uh, uh, plot line that we're going to be going through as we uh, go through this episode, the outline. Who are we? The Cinema Freaks is uh, one third of this podcasting trio, trion. Trio. Trio podcasting. Well, that's the word. it could be more than three, because sometimes we'll have Phil on. Those uh, are called special Hi, guests. I'm Lee, Lee Shrullis. My current goings-on, I am a writer and cartoonist of the webcomic Better You Than Me, which is sadly no longer updating. It's now like an art blog. Soon Damn fine be, illustrations, if I may say so. Soon to be some print comics for the our local Indianapolis Intake Weekly Entertainment Magazine publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, we just recently got contacted by Intake, and uh, some of us local cartoonists are going to be in the papers. Fantastic. Yeah, so um, looks like you can also... mail my grandma a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get like three more copies. You can also find my cartoons at biscuitpress.com. That's our web cartoonist label. The consortium of sorts. Yeah. Our little club. We need a clubhouse. And uh, Gotta find the right tree, though. Yeah, and this is my first <laughs> podcast, my first time editing audio, my first time planning content. This is... He's so excited. It's the cutest thing ever. Oh, I'm bouncing in my seat. Okay, you go, Sam. <clears throat> uh, hi, I'm Sam, and I haven't podcasted for 25 years. Yay. Yay. Oh, wait, this isn't like AA. Um, <laughs> I also draw a webcomic. It's called Random Assembly which can be found under the Biscuit Press label or uh, at randomassembly.com. I'm currently working on a couple of side projects where I'm attempting to draw some stuff for some people, one of which is a guide to what goes into making a custom piece of jewelry. I just did up the roughs on that. It's a little pamphlet I'm doing. I like to pimp out my family because my family rocks. We're using some of my brother's music for intro, outro, and background, which is pretty cool. Yes, all music that you can hear during this podcast is brought to you by Max Allen Music. Yes. Yeah, I, I do stuff and things. 
and occasionally stuff and things together. You know who else does stuff? Rich. Rich Sigfrid does stuff. Rich Sigfrid. Podcasting with Rich Sigfrid. He does stuff. I've been known to do a few things from time to time. Uh, let's face it, if you haven't heard of me by now, I'm apparently not working hard enough, so I'll be debuting a new show at some point in time, which will introduce you to me, I hope. Uh, no, actually, I've been uh, podcasting for quite a while. Uh, this this show, of course, falls under the Requiem of the Outcast brand, which has been one of the uh, one of my longest running shows. Uh, it's where I got my start. The show originally was about Star Wars. It's since branched off into... Uh, independent created media, i.e., web comics, uh, podcasts, films that are uh, released online. Basically, anybody who doesn't have a mainstream distribution deal, interviews, reviews, and such. But that isn't th- that show. This is this show, The Cinema Freaks, yes. which, of course, this show is meant to bring you all form of reviews and covers of mainstream media. That does not just mean movies it also means comic books it also means music television shows basically whatever we want to poke a stick at and see if we can't get something funny out of that's it that's where the that's why comes in. exactly that's where the tagline that i couldn't say earlier your monthly mainstream mockery comes from We've had a nice so we of alliteration going on there for a while lots of m's <laughs> i like it mm, cookies like mm, fashionic mm. And, of course, if you're finding this from anywhere other than our website, what the hell's wrong with you? Go to our website, cinemafreaks.net. There you will be able to find also some text-based reviews that will come out from time to time. We'll also be incorporating more and more content via our feed, uh, all sorts of little bits of... It's not uh, just once a month. We'll probably have other extras dumped in the feed in between shows. Absolutely. And, of course, this show originally got to start after recording... Uh, the commentary for Snakes on a Plane, which was my very first time viewing it. I had heard so much about the movie, I figured, hey, if I'm going to watch this, I want to record my reactions because I've heard how cheesy it is. And who better to do it than two people who are apparent experts on the movie? That would be Lee and Sam. From there, of course, uh, Lee approached me about possibly uh, coming on to help me co-host Cinema Freak since it had been uh, kind of dead in the water for a while. We had quite a few other uh, very talented folks that were looking to contribute, but of course they, they got considerably busy because they are also podcasters from other shows. Thus began the, the creative union of Lee, Sam, and myself. And we're hoping that Cinema Freaks will give you a little bit of what you'd like, which is, let's face it, everybody's favorite national pastime, making fun of Hollywood and everything that comes from mainstream media. So I suggest, why don't we go ahead and jumpstart directly into the show, sir and ma'am. Hey. Sam, what was the last thing you saw? In theater or at home? On DVD? Whatever. The last thing I saw was Casino Royale. I watched it last evening. And that would be... The, the new, new James Bond movie. Uh-huh. Which I saw it in the theater, then uh, probably again in the theater. Saw it. Me. <laughs> no, just once, just once in the theater, and then about five times on DVD. <laughs> Very entertaining. I thought it was pretty great. I that was honestly my first Bond movie no. ever. I know, shock and awe, and shame on me. But, damn it, that's a sexy bond. Hey, that absolutely is. A lot of people, you know, a lot of guys will even say, hey, Daniel Craig, kind of rough in the face, but you got to admit, the dude was red. I didn't think he was rough in the face. Huge gorilla arms. Huge. He prowls through that movie. He was a pretty blonde gorilla. That's what he was. I was absolutely thrilled when I found out that he was the new Bond, and I was, oh, I was so excited to go see that movie when it came out. And I was not let down. I was I was actually uh, very against Daniel Craig because he looked a little bit too rough. And then when I found out that 
they were taking Bond back to his roots, then I felt a lot better about it because, hey, Bond, you know, started out kind of from the uh, special services. He was a, you know, a beat him up kind of guy, real rough guy. And then he later on developed the smoothness. I mean, me personally, when it comes to Bond, Pierce Brosnan's always my favorite. He just had a lot of really bad writers <laughs> uh, behind him. I'm sorry, any joke like, uh, and I thought Christmas only comes once a year, that was a little bit too much. But Although, right still... If you ever use that line on me, I'm kicking <laughs> you out of the house. <laughs> that, but see, that's just too much cheese. It's got to be a lot smoother. Bond was always smooth. But I really like what they're doing by going back to... You know, some of the old school stuff and kind of showing us where he came from, kind of an origin story, which obviously seems to be the popular thing to do in uh, coming from Hollywood. Take a look at Batman, one of the best ones that really jumpstart, re-jumpstarted the franchise, you know, if you can re-jumpstart something. Well, you something. had to make up for the Schumacher nipples. I mean, seriously, it, that, that was downhill once Batman had permanent, permanent THO. I like you. No, no, no. It's awful. Am I the only one who didn't care about the nipples? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, if you watch some episodes of the original Batman uh, television series when it was cold, Adam West's nipples showed <laughs> too. They were wearing spandex, and they were permanently uh, put into the little body armor. His nipples are famous in Hollywood. I love the first Batman movie, though. You know, I just it's like, pow, zap, bang. It's the funniest damn thing you've ever seen. And, you know, much like R2-D2's thrusters that he has in uh, episode two, you almost have to wonder where in the hell was that shark repellent in I the like Schumacher movies? <laughs> well, that's because Batman doesn't care about the environment. Not. No, not at all. At least not, not then. He, didn't. he might have grown <laughs> since then. Okay. So what about um, you, Lee? The last thing, well, obviously I pretty much whatever Sam sees, I see. So technically, Casino Royale, but I want to talk about Zodiac. Uh, was the last big thing I saw in the theater. This is true. Yes, Zodiac is the 2007 version. Uh, there's been many other film versions and uh, a couple books based on the. This is a true crime movie based on the serial killer murders of the, the Zodiac serial killer in uh, sunny California. I love this so. It's such a treat to watch, even though it weighs in at two hours and what 40, 50 minutes, close to three hours long. Um, it's like. It's apparently very true, like uh, very closely based on real facts. Uh, very little of the movie's made up. These are real people, they use real names. All the facts about all the murders, like how each murder happens, are all very accurate. The thing is, uh, it's a beautiful period piece set in the 70s. It looks really <laughs> as a period piece. Or, in the or, yeah, are 70s really considered a period pieces? I always thought it had to actually be like the previous century. The, the guys period. were preening with their really, really colorful outfits as though they were trying to attract mates. Like birds. No, that was just Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. He's okay. <laughs> well, I have a question for you. Would technically Star Trek Four be a period piece <laughs> yes. then? By my definition, yes. Um, whatever David okay. Fincher wants to do, you might remember him as the director of Fight Club and various other movies. Seven. This is the one, the most recent one that I've seen. Zodiac, full of good actors, too. Great cast. Uh, I thought it was very entertaining. I've got a cheat sheet, but my favorite people, like, I, I, every three seconds I would look and say, oh, I know that guy, that actor's in something, and all the, all the extras have parts, too. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Mike Ruffalo <laughs> is some of the main characters. Um... Robert Downey Jr., as I said. Uh, Anthony Edwards, you might know from ER, uh, and a lot of other things. There are so many people. Donald Logue, great cat. 
Boy, Donald Logue has been yeah. all over the place yeah. lately, and hasn't like, he? I don't know if his character's very big in Zodiac. Yeah, he's. I love Donald Logue in whatever he's in. I'm convinced that Lee's favorite thing to do is to point out who's acting in what movie and say their name and knows all their backstory and what little town they grew up in and all that kind of stuff. And I have trouble remembering <laughs> my own name on occasion. So <laughs> I can't be expected to remember everyone else's name. I mean, there's some people that I've got their face down so much that it's just like I'm not going to forget their name, but there are some actors that are they just kind of blend in their roles so well that they don't have a face that I can immediately recognize because it hasn't been plastered all over every single thing I've ever seen ever. No, I have a photographic memory for faces. That's good to know. Put you in a police no, it's like lineup a hobby. It's like don't. learning actors' names. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> did you have flashcards? I bet you did. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. But go see it. Or yes. if it's still in theater. You might have not, to rent it now. Yes, it. very good. It's, I will own it's it. worth watching. What about what about DVDs? What was oh, the last DVD you watched, sir? Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino Royale. <laughs> uh, Venture Brothers, season one. Very funny. Yeah. I can't stop quoting. Nice. That. I can't wait but, for season two. Yeah, we kind of need to cut back on our Venture Brothers quoting because we're probably irritating every single person around us. Oh, I have a good yeah. sound clip of uh, my friend Jeff talking about. Um, he watches Venture Brothers a lot with his daughter, okay. and uh, and she's she, like five, six. Yeah, she's five. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, Daddy, when's season two? Can we watch the Hank and Dean show? And he's like, what, you mean Venture Brothers? She's like, yeah. And then he's like, yeah, okay. And then she's like, when does season two come on? He's like, what do you know about seasons? You're five. <laughs> You're five. Seasons, seasons for you are like winter, summer, fall, spring. You're not... How do you know about seasons? <laughs> hey, my three-year-old girls, they knew that, that the new season of Doctor really? Who was starting up real soon, so they were wow. really excited about getting them. Oh, yeah, there have been numerous times of the uh, last week, as a matter of fact, where my kids asked me to pop in one of the older episodes of Doctor Who. So, And David Tennant's their favorite. So, Oh, absolutely. When given the, op- the option, when my son was four, of getting either a cartoon, which I don't even remember what it was, or the Dalek invasion of Earth, the old Peter Cushing, like 1960, early 70s movie. He picked the Dalek invasion of Earth, and he's seen it about three times. So he loves it. What was the last movie that you've seen, Rich? My kids love who? Richard. Uh, the last movie that I saw in the movie theater was a classic opus. It was a retelling of an old story, one that's timeless. One that will go down in the ages is possibly an Oscar board, contender. Not in the theater. No, I didn't. Although I, I can't wait for Con Carolina <laughs> to see it live. No, it was, it was awesome. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? Which the movie itself was fantastic because I remembered the old school comic. I remembered the yeah. Eastman Laird comic. The black and white. Uh, they would, they would occasionally do the crossovers with Flaming Carrot, which is my all-time yes, favorite comic book character of all time. Issue somewhere around. Here. I had one of the crossover ones way back in the day. Also, uh, for those of you who don't know, Flaming Carrot uh, also spun off another series called Mystery Men, which of course was made into a blockbuster film starring William H Macy, Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria. Yeah, just Keenan. No, only one of them. Kill? I thought Keenan was in it as well. Yeah. No, he was in Snakes on a Plane. That rhymed. Exactly. No, they had the guy that from Good Burger. Yeah. Yes. Actually, they were both in Good Burger, but the guy that was like the dumbass from Good Burger. But the movie itself was fantastic because, again, I remember going back and watching when uh, they released the first five episodes as a mini series to test the waters out. So, you know, I've kind of been there uh, from the beginning. And uh, this movie, it gives you the old school mm. feel of the comic book. 
but it also incorporates the storylines from the movies in as much as at the very end you still see one of the uh, time traveling really? lamp things wow. and, oh yeah and uh, Shredder is not the bad guy in there they uh, in a brilliant form of marketing they ended up with about a total of 17 Holy different crap. collectible bad guys <laughs> that I'm sure all uh, figures are all out there but it's, it's a really good movie. Um, I really highly suggest checking it out if you're a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, unfortunately, my girlfriend, she's scared of turtles. How can you be scared so of turtles? So I was thinking, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, it's I don't know what it originally comes from or it's just escaping my mind right now. Seriously? But But yeah, she, she has a phobia of turtles, which was something that, I'm serious, I, I, I don't understand it. It's something that was rather surprising because, I mean, it's not like, you know, they can jump out at you or anything. I mean, it's wrong. pretty easy to run away from Is a turtle. Right? Uh, it, well, it's a little bit of that, too, but it's just kind of a general phobia of turtles, so unfortunately I wasn't able to take her to see that, but we did sit down last night and watch from Dead Gentleman Productions film called oh, The Gamers. Yes. Independent flick. It's absolutely amazing. If you get a chance, go to deadgentlemanproductions.com or do a Google yeah. search for The Gamers. It's a really funny flick. Matter of fact, they've got a sequel to it coming out very soon called Dorkness Rising, The Gamers 2. Uh, they've got a few other flicks out there like Revamping Doyle and Dead Camper Lake 1 and 2. They also had a podcast for a little while uh, covering a lot of their improv because uh, they, they have an improv troupe also, the Dead Gentlemen. And they've got a lot of really good uh, content out there. Actually, one of my favorite skits that they had from the podcast was the Syphilitic Ninja <laughs> Vampires. So, <laughs> so they were vampires that were ninjas that were constantly scratching themselves. I love the Dead And Gentlemen. hilarity ensues. My... One of my closest friends and uh, roommate and uh, fellow comicer Nathan Bolt turned me on to them. I saw their first uh, the DVD, I guess you can call it of their. What do you mean if you call it a DVD? Was well, it on something shiny? It. You put it in a DVD player? It was it round? Oh, a little bit of pirating, I see. <laughs> no, that just immediately the, the syphilitic pirate thing that you were just talking about reminded me of uh, Connecticut's <laughs> ululating ninja transvestites. From this, from this little comic that I picked up in a comic book shop, that the owner didn't even realize that he had purchased it and put it on his shelf. Um, it, it was a. Uh, it, it was called My Monkey's Name Is Jennifer, and it was absolutely bizarre. Oh yeah, I think <laughs> Disney optioned that for a new Pixar wow. flick. <laughs> I, I don't think that'll fly. It'd be like if Disney wanted to make a Conqueror's <laughs> Bad Fur Day movie. <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 actually surprised that they haven't put out some direct to DVD sequels, fe you know, featured as porn or something like that. It doesn't seem like uh, like Disney puts out as much porn as as they used to. So, I, looking forward I, to that, you know. I'm not even going to comment on Disney porn. It's I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't he, wanna... he jumps back in and we're talking about Disney porn. Do Seriously. we want this to be an explicit podcast? I don't think so. Uh, uh, let's... Take it easy. Oh, look, a shiny new change of topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's glittery. And what is it over there? It's it's called My Cat Reviews Spider-Man 3. Our, our cat has got some really good connections. And she got tickets. Unfortunately, she didn't share. Got tickets to see... An advanced screen. An advanced screening of Spider-Man 3. And she wanted to review it, so, you know, she did a little review. And here it is.
ask MJ to... And that was my cat reviewing Spider-Man 3. Quite lovely, I thought. Explains a lot. You know, I, I, I kind of disagreed with some of her opinions about it. I, I, I really I really can't. I, you know, I, I don't even really want to talk about it much because it's really kind of pissing cat. me off. But I think I, I'll just. Look, I tell you what. After the show, I'll, I'll call you guys back and, and I'm going to have a talk with your cat, all right? Because I wow. think she was I, way I, off I've base never on seen a couple a of those things. i try to flip someone off before. Well, you, but heard, that was her, you heard her website. You can just post her comments to her blog and uh, she'll respond to them. And now it's time for Plot This! Leash Rollis, please tell us about this game. Well, Plot This is where we disguise one of our own fake movie plots and two other really bad movie plots that we get from the wonderful site, badmovies.org. It's just a site full of horrible movie reviews. Our game is where we're going to read three bad movie plot synopsises. We found the movies on badmovies.org and we've written these trailer intros for each movie. Two are from actual movies. One is one we made up. Now, uh, since me and Rich wrote this episode's game, Sam is the contestant. Yay! Hooray! The lucky contestant. She has lucky to guess. contestant number Sam. Yes. Right. She has to guess, um, at knife point, <laughs> which movie... <laughs> which, which of these movies would never be made? Which if, one did we make up? If I guess wrong, I lose a toe. I'm very frightened. And the challenge of this game is all three plots sound so horrible... It's hard to imagine that two of these are actual movies. I think we're ready to play. Movie oh. number one. In a quiet town in Southwest America, time seems to take forever. But when cosmic events rip the very fabric of time and space, time will run out. Movie two. In a vast world connected by invisible strands of information, a lone man must discover the truth behind a conspiracy ring of sentient websites before they download him <laughs> permanently. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Movie number three. A llama-obsessed scientist's experiment goes horribly wrong. Incestuous llama performers can't stop the raging animals as they spew toxic cud and thirst for the blood of <laughs> menstruating women. I I wish you. everybody could see the look on my face right now. <laughs> I I love the bad movie website, but unfortunately I haven't checked it out in a couple of years because I've had a job recently. <laughs> oh, the sun! Not a lot of classes. I know because that was. That was my favorite past. Not that we're saying that all readers of badmovies.org no, no, no. are no-job-having people. Your choices are. But when cosmic events rip the very fabric of time and space, time will run out. That movie, The Day Time Ended. The second movie, a lone man must discover the truth behind a conspiracy ring of sentient websites before they download him permanently. The Silicone Conspiracy. And the final movie number three, a llama-obsessed scientist's experiment goes horribly wrong. Incestuous llama farmers can't stop the raging animals as they spew toxic cud and thirst for the blood of menstruating women. From Barn of the Blood Llama. <laughs> Still. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Be your seat, Sam. Wow. They're all equally horrible. Um, yes. But 
We did our job. Hmm. I want to say that the third one is the incorrect movie that's not real, but <laughs> I don't have enough faith in humanity to not make that movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> I wow. gotta guess that the first one is the fake one. I don't believe that anybody would write a script that's lame enough to say that just time ran out. <laughs> Aren't all movies about time running out in yes. some way, shape, or gone with the wind, Citizen Kane, Snakes well, on a Plane? There's more interesting stuff that happens no. than just running out of time. My glasses. <laughs> I had time now. <laughs> Jinkies. All right, okay, so, so you're gonna go, you're gonna go with A. I'm gonna go with A. A was not a real movie. Well, Sam, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Shit! Oh. Aw, which wah, one? Wah, wah. Was it the llamas? It was the llamas, wasn't it? The llamas were not right. That's your second nope. choice. Second guess? No, you're wrong again. <laughs> no, the llamas were right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pick them in the first place. Yes, the, the fake. Llamas- or a real movie. The yes, the, the menstruating women. Seriously, give me a break. <laughs> Look it up, Barn of the Blood Llama. Yeah, I thought for sure you would remember that one because I know you. I know I have, but I know you've I, read that website. I don't before. think I've read that one. There's a lot of stuff to sift through there. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was just a taste of some of the fine movies and reviews that are available at badmovies.org. Mm-hmm. So actually, the one you should have picked was B. Yes. That's, what, that's right. For that those of you, silicone you, conspiracy. For those of you playing at home, the fake movie was the silicone conspiracy. That was movie number two. I'll read it again because it was written so <laughs> damn well. Rich and I made up. Oh Lord! <laughs> In a vast world connected by invisible strains of information, a lone man must discover the truth behind a conspiracy ring of sentient websites before they download him permanently. Starring Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. Wait, no, they did Matrix, which was pretty much the same thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Wow. Wow. Well, let's face it. Come on. Everybody knows that that The Matrix was merely the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Except it's, they gave him some black obvious. clothing rather than um, ripped plaid. Well, so. Bill and Ted are going metal for this one. Bill and- <laughs> Goth metal. I was so waiting for Agent Smith to just look at him and say, be excellent to one another, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It'd be like if Bill and Ted covered Du Host. That would be the worst song Rammstein? ever. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bill okay. and Ted should never cover Rammstein. No, never. I think, I think. Dude, wow. it would be Dude Host. That's what it would be. <laughs> Dude Host. <laughs> Dude Host, bitch. <laughs> Well, Rich liked that one. Awesome. I think I'm going to have to draw that. That that sounds like a really good <laughs> All right. Content for the website. Rock yeah. on. Okay, if I ever get around to drawing that, we'll put it on the feed. Well, that is a game that we are hoping will come back from month to month. It just depends on you. What we'd like you to do, folks, is we'd like you to go to cinemafreaks.net. Find any of our contact information up there. You can email us at cinemafreaks at gmail.com. We'd like you to come up with your fake movie plot and we'll make sure that it gets used in a later episode next up is an interview that i did with jim butcher at StellarCon 2007 in high point north carolina now jim butcher you may not be familiar with his name right now but you are familiar with his work if you follow anything on the sci-fi channel the bastion of 
positive media. <laughs> but there are a few shining examples of goodness on said crap network. One of them being Battlestar Galactica, and the other is The Dresden Files, show that has just started up this year. Jim Butcher is the writer and creator of said series. The uh, series was originally a line of books, which, of course, you can also get them in audiobook form from Buzzy Multimedia, with such actors, uh, with it being read by such actors as James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy and Angel, as well as Ben Browder from Farscape and Stargate. How many Stargates are there? Um, There's like Star- 17 uh, of them Stargate now, isn't it? One Stargate. Uh, I think the only one I actually liked was the original movie Stargate Las Vegas, Stargate. <laughs> Stargate CSI. Stargate, yes. Stargate Miami. They start crossing over. Stargate. Stargate. To, Stargate, Stargate to catch a predator, you know. So. Who wants to marry a Stargate? <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've had a lot of fun in front of Stargates before, and I think that uh, a lot of people are starting to realize that the show has kind of stopped. I know that the uh, the first series is actually going to be ending finally. Uh, the only reason why I say finally is that I think a show can actually go for too long and they start basically, you know, uh, tapping from the same well a little too often mm-hmm. and hitting bottom. I mean, let's face it, most, you know, even the hardcore fans will admit that most of the episodes anymore look like your standard Star Wars fan film where they have the same generic forest and the, the you know, the Renaissance Fair rejects in their costumes over on the side. That sounds like any episode so. of Friends or Seinfeld to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, Jerry, we're going to go slay a dragon. For the record, I hate Seinfeld, the but Friends was okay. <laughs> What's the deal with traveling through time? Shut up! <laughs> oh, no. No. I mean, we walk into the toilet on one place, and we end up on another one on the other place. What's the deal with that? God. What do those symbols make? I can't read one. <laughs> You wow, your sign feels a lot better than mine. <laughs> what is the Okay. Oh, so, I, uh, I, I gave up on Stargate a while ago. I watched one of the new seasons, the one where Ben Browder mm-hmm. came on, and um, I got a couple episodes in, and I just couldn't, I couldn't hold my attention. Their 100th episode was sheer genius. Really? Was it 100th or 200th episode? Is one that they were kind of making fun of themselves and constantly doing different types of TV shows and whatnot. It was really funny. Really? Although Claudia Black is lovely on the show, though. I'm not saying I won't buy it on DVD eventually. I like the movie. The movie's the movie's just I, I think oh, it's because movie? it's got a grittier feel. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got that. James Spader and you can't beat the original. Movie. Kurt Russell and French Stewart. It's kind of like it's. It, I think Stargate um, suffered the same fate as Buffy, where uh, I'm, no, don't start. I don't want any Buffy fans attacking me right now. But um, what I hear from most people are that they love the first the original Buffy movie but no one could get but they couldn't get into the series and um, it, the same thing goes for Stargate um, I love the original movie My, I, know, I know a lot of people that love the movie but never got into the show well true I think I think though with uh, with Buffy the TV show was actually I, I was a huge fan um, but I'm a, a huge fan of uh, of Joss Whedon which is funny that we talk about Joss mm-hmm. Whedon because it perfectly dovetails to the interview because at one point in time, actually while we were doing the interview, uh, Jim was sitting in front of me wearing a Sunnydale t-shirt <laughs> and, uh, and I've, I even asked him about yes. that and of course you'll be able to hear that in the interview which is coming up right now.
everybody, this is Rich Siegfried. We are at StellarCon 07. Uh, with me, Christiana Ellis from Nina Kimberly of Merciless. Hello. And uh, I am blown away by the person that is sitting in front of me. I am with none other than Jim Butcher, creator of The Dresden Files, as well as uh, Codex, I believe is Codex Alera. Alera. Codex Alera. Good evening. And, of course, also here is Fred Hicks, who Howdy. is from uh, Evil Hat Games. Yep. Correct? Yep. And also a major contributor to the uh, Jim Butcher legacy online. Uh, the, the more or less, thing. yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. It was about two, three years before the first Dresden Files book got published. I started this little uh, website on my own uh, called the Jim Butcher Fan Attic. Um, uh, you know, it was meant to be the sort of the, the, the dusty bats in the belfry environment where uh, I ranted and raved about how cool my friend Jim was because he was about to get published. Uh, and then and two, uh, and it, it took. I was incompetent enough that it took another two or three years, uh, even with all the help. Yeah, and uh, uh, but uh, then, then once that uh, once all that hit, uh, shortly thereafter, it just sort of transitioned into, uh, you know, Jim, I'm I'm updating this all the time, and it's all about you. Why don't we just make this your official site? <laughs> Since you don't have one right now, yeah, and Jim's so. like, yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds like less work for me. So, yeah, so. I'm on board with that. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, Anytime uh, I get to anything, I get to do that's lazier. That that's yeah, better. That's my little fan page uh, turned into that. But I, I started doing that because I'd been hanging out with Jim for years before online and in person. Yeah, playing Fred this was D and D game and stuff Fred like was that, unfortunate so. enough to be a friend. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a cross we all have to bear. Yes. Well, the guys that did uh, the television show Spaced over in England, they had the exact same situation where their one of their fan sites was better than their official site. So they were just like, okay, you guys are the official site. Now. Official. How intelligent is that? You know, it really is. It really is. Well, now, uh, before we get into uh, the Dresden Files, which I'm sure you're mostly tired of talking about by now, um, which, of course, is the point that we're talking to you about. Oh, yes, I, 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 I hate it when people talk about it and flatter me and, and tell me how great I am. It's just, I'm so fed up with all of that. Yeah. People laugh at my jokes. And then Goodness. buy your books. Such what, a trial. Clearly, the genre was created specifically <laughs> for when Dresden made his appearance. Um, <laughs> now, you, you've done many other works, uh, licensed works, correct? Uh, well, I've done a few other ones. Yeah, a I've, I've done. Uh, I, I have gotten to do a Spider-Man novel for Marvel, which was a awesome. tremendous amount of fun. Uh, and which uh, yeah. one is that? Uh, that is called uh, the Darkest Hours. Uh, I use I, I, I use the villains. Uh, one of the villains that uh, James Straczynski uh, created uh, when he was began working on Spider-Man uh, uh, in 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, my editor offered me a chance to speak. Would you like to do a Spider-Man novel, Jim? I'm like, yes, I want to do a Spider-Man novel. Are you kidding? <laughs> yes, I want to do Spider-Man. So I got to write Spider-Man. Uh, and I really think it's one of the funniest books I've written, uh, uh, at least if you're uh, uh, enough of a, of a spidey file to uh, uh, get the end jokes that get put in there. So I, I've had a, I had a great deal of fun writing it. Got down to the end and was able to, to write all this stuff and say, you know, I got to do Spider-Man. I got to use, yeah, I got to use the black cat. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to put the rhino on Aunt May's couch and have him drink tea. You got to, <laughs> you got to give the rhino a personality beyond... Yeah, well, it's not that, you know, and, and, you know the, it was fun riding the rhino. You know, he's, this Russian guy, you know, is not that I am stupid. It's just that he makes me so mad I cannot think well on feet. <laughs> and uh, uh, That was the best Boris impression I think I've ever heard. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, he, he, yes, exactly. for many years. <laughs> yes, thank you. Come, Natasha. You have to go after Moose and Squirrel. After Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> Spider 2. Now, now, how are you approached by, uh, for... Oh, actually, hold on. Before we get into that, you said that there were a few other license works? Oh, uh, no. I mean, the Spider-Man is, is pretty much it so far. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it could happen again, uh, uh, you know, given the, given the opportunity. Uh, it was just so much fun to, 
actually get to go play in one of the in one of the worlds that I that I grew up on and that I loved. Uh, uh, I collected uh, every Spider-Man title there was, every Marvel title there was that was not tied into like GI Joe or Transformers uh, <laughs> for many years, uh, 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 starting from the time I was 12 or so until. Uh, kind of up until I had a steady girlfriend. Comics and steady girlfriends are, are kind of mutually exclusive. You have enough money for one or the other, but not both. True. And uh, or at least at that point in my life, I did. So, uh, uh, but I for many years I collected almost every title Marvel had out, and uh, Spider-Man was my was my hero. And so you didn't get the Spider-Man Transformers crossover? No, no, not that one. You know, pretty much all things Spider-Man I, I really loved. And when the Spider-Man movie came out, it was like. Uh, it was like seeing like my nerdy friend from high school who had made good. Yeah. Uh, when oh, I actually Sam got to go Randy, see absolutely. that movie, yeah. and uh, I had a spider gasm. Yeah, there he is. Oh, look at that. That's exactly the right pose from the books that he goes into while he's web swinging. I love it. Yeah. And uh, 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 and so when, like I said, when my editor offered me a chance, like yes, I'm gonna go over. Yeah. So which was cool, and then I actually got to meet Stan Lee in, at Comic Con in New York, uh, which was also wonderful. Uh, you know, Stan. Stan created a lot of really cool heroes, and, and he did Spider-Man. Stan the Man created Spider-Man, and actually getting to meet him was quite cool. Uh, he's a really nice guy, and uh, you know, and now I've gotten to write it. It's like, haha, ultimate nerd points. Absolutely. Well, and now I, I do have to say because uh, you know, I was in the in your panel earlier, which uh, it was an interview that Mike Pedersen of the Nth Degree did with you on stage, and it, it was it just was hilarious to sit there and watch. <laughs> and you dropped a particular Stan Lee story. I was wondering if you could repeat that. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, come on. That, you know, you're talking about nerd points, being able to proudly proclaim that you wrote Spider-Man, but this one almost trumps that. Yeah, I get to go, uh, I get to go up to... We're, we're in a green room. We're getting ready to do a question-and-answer thing for the Dresden Files. So I'm in a green room, and I'm there with David Howe, who's president of Sci-Fi, and with Paul Blackthorne, who plays Harry Dresden on the show. And Stan Lee comes in, because he's been there with Sci-Fi that day doing auditions for uh, uh, the next season of Who Wants to Be a Superhero. So he's sitting over there, and I can't go introduce myself because, you know, it's Stan Lee. And uh, my editor says, uh, no, don't be ridiculous. I'll take you over there. You can meet Stan. So she takes me over, and Stan introduces me, and Stan looks at me and says, and, and, and it's, it's the Stan Lee voice. I know that voice. That voice was from every, you know, all these cartoons and everything. Stan Lee. And it's like, oh, okay, and, and, and who are you, and why am I meeting you? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm Jim Butcher, and I'm a big fan. He's like, I always enjoy meeting fans, and, and we get to talk. And, and, and she says, no, Stan, what he's not telling you, he's the author of these books. You know, he's written a Spider-Man novel, and he's the author uh, uh, of, of the Dresden Files, which is being made into a TV show for, for sci-fi. And Stan goes, oh, oh, that's fantastic, because, you know, Jim, I'm a big name dropper. And now I'm going to be able to say next week, you know, I was talking to Jim Butcher the other day, and, and he said... I just had to bust out laughing, because, <laughs> you know, Stan Lee saying that, I mean, that was... He's got an extreme sense of humor, and uh, I always appreciate that in somebody. And uh, having this extreme sense of humor that at the expense of his own ego is also is, is something that I always admire. And I'm much impressed with Stan Lee in person as I have been uh, with him professionally. So he's quite a guy. And it's a hell of an honor to think that Stan Lee is going to be dropping your name. Oh, well, the, no, the, that's, that's the humor of it. That Stan Lee be dropping my name. Exactly. I'm the one who met I mean, the big guy, on. you know. But uh, he's quite a guy. One thing that I wanted to ask you about, of course, you are wearing a Sunnydale shirt. So yes, obviously you are a fan of Joss Whedon. Yes. Now, what's your take on uh, everything that's had going on with the Wonder Woman movie, with him him kind of leaving that project? Oh, uh, uh, disappointed. Uh, you know, I, yeah. was, I was hoping to see Joss do Wonder Woman. Uh, 
Uh, I'm just interested in seeing what he's doing next. Uh, uh, he's obviously he's an extremely creative person. Uh, he's, a, he's a very talented writer. There's been no new episodes of Buffy to be watching, so it's like, Joss, come on, give me some more stuff. The X-Men is not coming out fast enough. You know, I've gone back and read X-Men. I, I, actually, I, first time I picked up X-Men in years. Oh, Joss is writing. Let me go read this, which has also been interesting. But, yeah, I'm just waiting to see what he does next. Uh, I've heard he's doing a season eight of Buffy in comics. Yes. And, I'm, and that's coming out, like, next week. I believe so. And so I want to go see that. You know, I, I definitely got to pick that one up. Now, I don't remember the exact details, but I remember him mentioning on a interview, I think it was with Fanboy Radio, that there was a project that he was really looking forward to working on called Goners. Okay. It's kind of a superhero yeah. uh, deal. I don't really remember much about it. I don't remember the details about it, but it's a, it's been a project that's cool. been developing for a number of years. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely in that you know that Joss universe uh, intersection between these people have somewhat superpowers, but the world is much bigger and scarier than them. Despite that, and mm-hmm. it was a little bit like, almost like Runaways, I think. Yeah, which is I think a series so. he wrote. I think uh, I think he wrote a one shot, or I don't know if he wrote for the series, but mm-hmm. no, he wrote a little bit for that. Now, uh, obviously, since talking about Joss, let's go ahead and get a little bit into your writing. Okay. Because, you know, one thing... I haven't I'm a non-sequitur, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Segway King. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I haven't uh, read any about the uh, about Codex yet. Okay. Um, but the one of the characters that I have read is, is of course, Harry Dresden. Right. And I was curious about your take on, you know, what's more important for a hero, kind of uh, wit and bravado versus actual hardcore bravery? <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, it, it really depends on the hero that you're trying to do. Uh, I, 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 there are some heroes that are very good even without any actual hardcore bravery. Uh, it, for example, you look at uh, somebody, a character like Mr. Monk, who is terrified of everything yet somehow manages to stumble through being a hero as kind of the, the anti-hero character. Dresden, Dresden is, it doesn't have a problem with bravery. Uh, it's not really something he ever really stops to consider. I, I really think that's something. Uh, when you look at real, uh, real life and real situations. Uh, uh, at men who do who do, actually do acts perform acts of incredible valor, most of them never really stop to think this is really brave or, or anything else. They they just they have something to do and they gotta go get it done. Dresden does that. Uh, as far as the wit and bravado goes, uh, just you really when you're when you're running a, a character in a long term series like that, especially when you're running somebody who's based on a, a hard boiled private eye, uh, the hard boiled private eye archetype. You've got to have somebody that is just willing to lip off to absolutely anybody, regardless of the situation or circumstance, uh, and regardless of what's going to happen to him because he does. Uh, you've got to have somebody who can, who can just absolutely stare the monster in the face and, and comment on uh, uh, how his shoes are out of style, uh, or else, uh, you know, what, what's the point in, in trying to do that? Uh, now, I, now he, he does seem to get beat up a lot and stuff like that. I mean, we see that. I just introduced my kids to Indiana Jones for the first time. Exactly. And, you know, that's a, another hero that gets yeah, beat he up. Is, he is a hard-boiled hero, Indiana Jones is. He certainly is. He's, he's really a, one of those pulp noir sorts of sorts of heroes. And uh, Harry definitely has that feel, too. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely necessary for heroes like that to both be able to lip off and take a horrible beating facing the consequences of what they're doing, uh, and yet still be able to get up and stumble onto whatever it is that the you know, is the next point in, in, in their whatever their personal quest is at that time. In that same vein, there's a difference between heroes that make everything look easy and heroes that make everything look hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and uh, Harry is it was never written to be a character who was going to be uh, this overwhelming uh, Superman type hero. Uh, he had to, I, I really wanted him to be the, the character who had to flail around a, a bit and somehow manage to find his way through. Uh, I think that was one of the big differences between 
uh, the archetype superhero characters uh, in comic books, uh, which I was reading, is is you had characters like Superman who who were you know their stereotypical action would be to show up and they're stronger, faster, better than whatever else is there. Uh, you have characters like Spider-Man who really probably oughtn't be involved in whichever one, whichever guy they happen to go be going up against with this week. They're going to get beaten bloody. There's just absolutely no way he can win this fight straight up, so he better think of something. And I always thought those characters were the far more interesting and the far more courageous uh, of the characters that were out there. Uh, it's the difference between the champion and the underdog. And uh, uh, I always preferred the underdog, perhaps because I always was the one, the underdog. Uh, uh, I was one of the little kids who uh, had the the bad taste to be both far smaller than average sized and smarter than the average student, and uh, uh, that that caused me no end of grief uh, in my formative years. So I, I think I always now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I always identified with you know Peter Parker much more than I did with uh, uh, with Superman. There you have it. That, that was a big influence. Do you think that that's kind of that was a failing point of the Superman Returns, besides the stalker and the. Mm, it, hard to say. Uh, uh, hard to say because uh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Superman never really appealed to me all, all that much. Uh, uh, so I have, I have actually super, I, I didn't see Superman Returns while it was out, and I haven't got to the video store yet, and it hasn't yet made it to cable. So, uh, so I'm still kind of waiting. I've got that lag of, of, of it hasn't gone to cable yet. Um. <clears throat> With, uh, of course, uh, the Dresden Files, how many books are there in that series? And what, I mean, are you kind of, uh, is, are you anticipating it running forever? Or do you have a set story arc that you plan on uh, yeah. leading up to? Book nine has just come out. Uh, I am writing, uh, there's going to be uh, about 20 case books. It could be uh, 19, it could be 21, depending on uh, if my kid has graduated college yet. <laughs> and, uh, and the case books are going to be the ones like the ones we've seen so far. And I've got a definite beginning and end point to where, to where those are going to go, and the cases are going to steadily get weirder, and the, the stakes are going to steadily get higher. And then at the end of the series, I'm going to cap the whole thing off the big old apocalyptic trilogy because <laughs> with three books, because you know trilogies without three books are kind of you know they they, they always not they, yeah they're not, not trilogies <laughs> they're almost Douglas Adams in in, indeed <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to go with the but I, I thought I'd go with an apocalyptic trilogy because who doesn't love apocalypses uh, apocalypse apocalypti uh, apocalypses uh, apocalypso yeah uh, one of my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite comments on one of the just kind of one of the side character comments on Buffy that I ever heard was, you know, last week I'm like this big cool army guy. This week I've got to know the plural of apocalypse. <laughs> you know, Riley. Yeah, yeah, a line from Riley, and uh, 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 yeah, I just love that. But anyway, yeah, the first the first movies I remember seeing are you know the Star Wars trilogy and uh, going to see Star Wars when I was a kid, and I don't see how I can get away without writing an apocalyptic trilogy at the end. You 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 know that there were there were six Star Wars movies, right? There were three Star Wars movies. <laughs> and, you know, first. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. <laughs> That's all there were. Well, let's face it, the prequels all they were were a history lesson. Yes, sure. indeed. Let's go ahead and kind of uh, transition a little bit into how your books have gone onto television now. Right. And which, of course, congratulations on that. I mean, that's got to be a a huge boon to the, I mean, almost topping the Stan Lee experience. Well, certainly (laughs) I had less uh, difficulty getting credit for it than Stan did. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, no, it's been really great. It was was really, it's one of those things everybody says congratulations. And and from my end, it's like, uh, well, thank you. But, you know, what I really did was, you know, they called up on the phone and they said, Jim, we want to give you some money. And I said, all right. 
And, and that was pretty. That was the extent of it, really. My pitching in, uh, all I really did to help promote things after that was I, I sent them some material, and they read some books, and they thought, uh, oh, this was this will be good, and let's make a series. But <laughs> in any case, uh, it's gone really well. I'm terribly pleased with with how well it's going. It's it's getting good ratings, getting mm-hmm. good ratings not only in the U.S. but also in o- overseas. Tell the bit about BSG versus BSG. Okay. Oh, well, well, okay. Yeah, it's been being rated higher than BSG lately, which, which is neat. Nice. Still wrestling. Uh, ECW is still outrating us. You know, I mean, it's sci-fi wrestling. Justin yeah. Files just no. needs to get more extreme. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's not wrestling. Oh, well, you know. It's, it's, it's bad. Extreme. That, I, I work, in, I work in, in pro wrestling, and it's not real wrestling. Oh, I see. It's, I see. it's bad. It's horrible, bad writing, which is probably well, you know, and kind of I, setting and, the table, though. And, and you know, and I, I actually. Your show comes along, good writing people. It's just, they appreciate it. More, oh, well, see, you know, I, well, that's the, why the, I watch wrestling is for the writing. <laughs> Uh, and, and your, you know, subscription to Playboy's for the articles, correct? Yeah, precisely, exactly. I said that your wife was out of the room. <laughs> How do you feel about other people kind of running with your baby? I mean, these are the characters that you've created. You've got this story arc, and are the TV shows going to be uh, diverging from your ultimate storyline? Well, it is my baby, but in this situation, uh, uh, my baby is kind of grown up, grown up, and, and going off to boarding school. Uh, you know, I could follow my baby to school and, and, and walk around behind him trying to make sure he didn't scuff his shoes, but uh, that wouldn't be a good experience for my baby or for me or for the boarding school. In terms of this, they are making some changes. They are creating uh, an alternate universe for my books, and the example I've always used is this is much the same alternate universe as we see between the X-Men comics versus the X-Men cartoons, and there's been three or four of them, uh, versus the X-Men movies, where some of the things have gotten changed around, but the essential characters are remaining the same. As far as I'm concerned, they've kept the important parts of the Dresden Files in moving to the books. They've kept the core characters. The things that they've changed have been mostly cosmetic. You know, Harry's staff looks different. He's driving a slightly different car because for, you know, because it's it's really expensive to film with a Beetle. <laughs> plus, uh, shots well, plus when, I, when I use the, the, the Blue Beetle in the books, when I want it to look comedic with, you know, the six foot seven guy driving the, the tiny clown car Beetle, I can make it look comedic. And when I don't want to make it look comedic, I don't have to hit that. I can just have him drive up to a place and get out of his car. But on TV, the, you know, when you got six foot five actor like Paul getting out of a Volkswagen, it looks silly every single time. <laughs> Plus, uh, you can only film from like two different angles on a beetle. You can film from right at the side or right in front. Otherwise, you have to have trick beetles that come apart like they did in the Herbie movies, which is why Harry drives a beetle uh, is because of the Herbie movies. I have no doubt that was an influence on me when I was young. So instead, they said, okay, we're not going to have him driving a beetle, but we're going to keep the same world setting. We're going to keep the same rules. He needs to drive something that is not a terribly complicated piece of machinery, something that's easily repairable, something that's very reliable. Let's give him a Korean War era army jeep, you know, which they could they could fix with bailing wire and make run on kerosene when they needed to, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it was excellent in that they stayed in the story world. The changes have all been along that nature. They've, they've, they've tried to stay within the story world set up in the Dresden Files and adapting it to what they could actually physically do and what their limits are financially on the well, show. And what works for a visual medium when it really comes Yeah, exactly, down to exactly. Now, I just had a couple more questions. Sure. One of them, fan community. We kind of mentioned it a little bit yep. earlier, but we also have a Dude. producer of the, the podcast. The, yes, the, the Butcher Block. The Butcher Block Podcast. Yes, Where, the unfortunately named Butcher Block Podcast. <laughs> So what was your question about? Uh, where is it at? What is it uh, It's about? at butcherblock.libsyn.com. Uh, we are up to full episode six at this point. We've had Jim on once. We'll be getting him on again once he's recovered from the signing tour extravaganza <laughs> that's coming in April. And we've also talked with uh, you know other fans, the cover artists for the for the Dresden Files books, that sort of thing. It occasionally uh, is my attempt to headbutt the nerd fury over. Oh my God, the show not like the books. Um, <laughs> nerd fury, I like that. Nerd smash. <laughs> um, but uh, 
you know, setting that aside, uh, you know, we also just talk about, you know, how exciting the, the books are, developments in the series, tidbits that I get from hanging out with Jim at conventions. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So, yeah, poor Fred. He's, yeah. he's been buddies a long time. He's cursed yeah, with it. Yeah, now, now, now I'm cursed with uh, the, the guy who, who has the knowledge and has to share it with everyone. But, you know, it's, it's something I love doing. So. And, of course, the final question, what is in the future for uh, Dresden? What kind of uh, tie-ins are there going to be? Uh, any, any kind of like a cartoon, toy line, anything like that? Evil Hat Games is uh, right. No. That's, uh, that's also Fred, my, yes. my buddy Fred. Uh, is also is, is producing the Dresden Files role playing game. Yes. that'll be coming out sometime, pro- probably sometime this year. Oh, yeah. we're, we're we're hoping for later. This yeah, it, it, I'm I'm going to be writing parts for it, so that might make it later than otherwise. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, uh, otherwise it might be because we're we're a little bit more understanding than Jim's editors. Uh, and right now, uh, I know that the Dresden Files is going overseas. They're translating it now to mm-hmm. for it to be aired elsewhere. I'm not sure exactly where yet, but. Uh, I've heard about that. There's been a lot of talk about a graphics novel. Uh, graphic novel. Uh, uh, I know that both IDW and Dobble Brothers have expressed interest in it. Which it, I've, you know, me personally, it's like, ooh, if the Dobble Brothers did it, they're being distributed by Marvel, and, and it, 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 it actually turned into a comic. There could be a Harry Dresden Amazing Spider-Man crossover. Yes. Issue. Yeah. And how cool would that be? <laughs> Spider-gasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like the arachnogasm. <laughs> Gotta do, do a pose. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, and, and now they're, they're talking about other merchandising for the show now, which that's one of the things that I won't be as involved with. But the show is doing really well and is gaining popularity. And, and so, you know, at this point, who knows? There's been mention of possibly an animated series or a direct-to-DVD animated movie. Yeah. That, that may just be Hollywood talk or it may be something that... Yeah, it could, something it, yeah it could be smoke and mirrors or they could be serious. We'll have to see how it develops. Uh, when I know more, I'll, I'll share it with fans. You've got to write the Choose Your Own Adventure book. Oh, the, the Harry Dresden <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure book. We're actually thinking about putting something like that in the Dresden Files RPG as a way to teach nice. the rules. Yeah, I like it. Yes. Well, well, guys, I hate to do this, but we need to get going because some folks are about to invade this room. So yes, please yes. plug the websites. Stop by www.jim-butcher.com and drop in on the forums where you talk to me and ask me questions, talk to other fans about the show or the, or the books or any of the other books I'm writing. So feel free to stop by there. You've already heard the podcast website. There are two others I would point you at. Uh, my game company, Evil Hat, is www.evilhat.com. And we have a Dresden Files RPG site that is strangely www.dresdenfilesrpg.com. Clever. Yes. yes. All right, guys, thank you so much again Absolutely. for the time. I appreciate no it. No problem, no problem. Thank you. Girl from geekgirl.tv. The girl who owns more video game systems than pairs of shoes. The girl for whom the wind blows and the angels sing. Who could touch type before her hands were big enough to spread across home row. Who could boil ramen on her CPU. No, seriously. It's a real problem. Join me each week for Geek Speak. Gadgets, gaming, computers, comics, TV, toys, or maybe I'll throw in an interview. Anything to make your inner geek feel at home. New episodes each Friday. So please, join me at geekgirl.tv. This is the Kingfish, along with the Vicar and Super Geek Billy from the Geek Label Podcast. Sure, there are other geekish podcasts out there. But really, who are we kidding? Do you want your geek news? Do you want your thoughts shared across the globe? 
Looks like you've got mail waiting. Do you want a chance to win amazingly cool t-shirts? Well, the game is afoot. News, information, prizes. We'll bribe you if we have to. A look at any and everything from hardcore geek to stealth geek. And if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. Don't believe me? Then check out this completely random man-on-the-street testimonial. Hi, this is George Takei. I love listening to the Geek Label Podcast, and you will too. Get your geek on with the Geek Label Podcast. Another quality product from geeklabel.com. Greetings, fans of science fiction, and welcome. This is the show that you, the fans, demanded. Spawn from Slice of Sci-Fi, we're here to once and for all answer the question of who would win in a fight between the greatest icons of science fiction. We've drawn combatants from across the multiverse to fight in an intergalactic cage match like none other. Who will be the last man standing? You decide. It's the Sci-Fi Smackdown. You will be terminated. Bad Movie Plots provided by BadMovies.org. All the music you heard during our podcast was by Max Allen, our own Samantha Kyle's brother. You can check out his music at MaxAllenMusic.com. Which, of course, you'll be able to find links to that and everything mentioned before in the show notes available at where, Sam? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> CinemaFreaks.net. It is CinemaFreaks.net. I had performance anxiety. Froze up. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> it happens to me. And, of course, you'll be able to send any and all feedback to cinemafreaks at gmail.com. We're looking for feedback on not only our first episode, but also your plots for Plot This, the bad movie plot game. For Sam, Lee, this has been Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. And remember, don't just take what mainstream media gives you. Make mainstream media your bitch. I can see what's happening. What? They don't have a clue. Ooh. Okay. Hi, Master. Um, so... No, it isn't right. It isn't fair. There was no parking anywhere. I think no, that no, no. hydrant wasn't there. I think we're done quoting, <laughs> quoting Whedon now because we could go on all night. Oh. I don't think I'll ever podcast again after that. <laughs> <laughs> you feel violated, Lee? I feel dirty. <laughs> I need to go watch. Hold that feeling. Then you're doing it Good. right, sir. That's what podcasting's all, all right. about. CinemaFreaks.net.